Hello, just a quick bit before this week's episode to let you know that we have a Patreon you can subscribe to if you like what we're doing here and you want more of it. You probably already knew that. We don't stop going on about it. What you didn't know is that you can currently get a little free trial so you know exactly what you'd get as part of your subscription. You can head to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in the show notes to get your first seven days free. All you need to do is pick which tier you'd like a free trial of. The Biggest Mates tier is the one that has all the extras in it. And then for seven days, you are free to listen to any episode we've released in the last six months. You can cancel any time or just leave the subscription rolling if you like what you find. It's charged monthly. And during any month, as part of that Biggest Mates tier, you'll get ad-free episodes of this show every Monday. You'll get a brand new episode of our new Manic Street Preacher show every month. Two episodes every month of The Ultimate Playlist, our themed playlist show, where we talk about all kinds of different music, different artists, different genres, different eras, and one or two bonus episodes every month, depending on the length of the month. That's two episodes every week. There's also other tiers to trial. One that is just the Manic Show and ad-free What Is Music episodes, and another that is just ad-free What Is Music episodes. But hey, if the first seven days are free, why not try a bit of everything? Plus, all tiers include access to the exclusive subscriber-only Discord where we discuss the shows, the bands we've covered, various music topics, and loads of other stuff, including some games that the friendly community have devised themselves. So head on over to our Patreon page now to claim your free seven-day trial. Go to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in our show notes. See you there. never listen to the radio it's uh occasionally occasionally if i like literally am driving to the shops around the corner and i don't bother to like bother getting my phone why are you driving to the shops that are around the corner laziness oh okay picking up, cool <laughs> picking up picking up more stuff than i can carry oh you're hard aren't you always picking up more <laughs> stuff than you can carry so, Jesus. if I'm doing that, I'll sometimes I won't bother, you know, putting on like. I Is won't. that how you tore out of that vest that you're wearing? Because yeah. you were just picking up so much stuff. <laughs> so I'll like, if I'm going to, the, you know, I'll just like put on just the radio. And I, and honestly, the journey between my house and the shops is spent flicking between about five different preset channels and trying to find one that is actually playing music. What's on your presets? What's on your presets, my friend? My presets, six music. Right. Yep. That really surprises me, to be honest. Six music. Yeah. Absolute 80s. Yeah. Absolute 90s. The, these are not surprising. Absolute radio. Okay. Planet <laughs> rock. Yes. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what's funny about uh, plan- Classic FM. Shut up. I was Shut talking up, to Steve. Steve. Lucas was talking. <laughs> Planet, uh, Classic FM. Yeah. And Radio X, which I think is what okay. used to be XFM. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it is, yeah. 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 And I will genuinely just flick between them and go, oh, no, no music there. Someone waffling. Someone waffling. Add, add, add the news. So I'm at the shops. <laughs> I'll tell you what is annoying. People waffling. Just three guys waffling. Yeah. There's just no music on the radio. It's guys, we so should, shit. We should do like a morning zoo uh, radio show. Steve, what are your presets, mate? Radio X. Yeah. Planet Rock. Yeah. No, which, it's set right. Which Planet set Rock. rock. Planet rock. I put it on there thinking, oh, you know, I might get some, I don't know, Pink Floyd or something. Classic rock is now my chemical romance. 
Right, yeah. yeah. And you occasionally get blur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, six music, radio okay. one, and, one and two. Okay. In that order? Yes, it is actually, yeah. Oh, mine wasn't in that order. I do, don't know do, you, order. do you know what my presets are? Because I'm yeah. the worst person. Preset number one, radio one. Preset number two, radio two. Radio two. Yeah. Preset <laughs> number three, radio, radio three. three. Preset number four, Radio 4. Yeah. Preset number 5. Radio 5. Five live. Preset number 6. 6 music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's BBC boy. So when Wait, I want no, to... No, <laughs> no planet rock. No, there's no planet rock. Or and also, FM. I don't really listen to 5 Live a lot, and so I have to search around for... I've got a second tier of presets, which also includes Jazz FM. I don't know mm, if that's nice. You guys, I think I was playing Jazz FM when we were driving back from a, uh, a chicken shop very late at night, Steve. It was an absolutely magical experience. don't know if you remember that. Absolutely not. I actually listened to uh, Jazz I don't use any of them. <laughs> my experience with using them is what I just described. As soon as the journey is going to be more than three minutes, I'm putting CarPlay on. Long intro, isn't it? Hello, and welcome to What Is Music, <laughs> a music podcast about music. We're a podcast that focuses on discographies in their entirety, doing deep dives on one artist at a time. You join us in season four, which is called Is It Rad In Your Head? A critical analysis of the history, cultural impact, and music of Radiohead. We're going through their entire career, album by album, track by track, asking questions like, does context matter when you're listening to music? Does knowing the history of an artist affect your appreciation of their output? And this season, we're of course asking, is it rad in your head? And to be clear, we're asking, is it rad in your head in regards to the band Radiohead? Not, is it rad in your head in regards to this, the fourth season of our podcast, which is called Is It Rad In Your Head? And which is now in your head i'm adam scott glasspool i'm someone who enjoys to bathe in music instead of water i love the artistry the emotion and also the context that surrounds music with me as always is someone who said they don't care about art or talking about art does not often relate personally to music but did once look at himself in the reflection of the cd of fleetwood mac's greatest hits it's lucas way I don't think I've ever listened to Fleetwood Mac's Greatest Hits. No, you didn't listen to it. You were just looking at yourself in the reflection on the CD. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the middle of that, we have someone who can appreciate context, art, and subject matter, and, you know, tries his best. Bless him. It's <laughs> Steve Murphy. And God bless the, you. And my God best bless is, you, my Steve Murphy. My best is Murphy. good enough. <laughs> well, Wrong neither, of us said it, neither of us said it was good enough. We just said you try your best. <laughs> your best is good we are going through the entire discography of Serial Forgetters, Radiohead, and we have reached their fifth studio album, Amnesiac. We're about halfway through. Uh, I reckon we're about halfway through. I reckon the track that we're going to play is Knives Out, right? Okay. Mm. So I'm going to take a big swing and say we're going to pick up where we left, at, where we left off. Big swig and try to complete a sentence. We're going to pick up where we left off at Knives Out.
remember how I said I was going to contradict myself when I said it was a bit one mode? Yeah. This is a one. This is a bit one mode. But you like the mode. But I, but I really like the mode. Yeah. I've, yeah. Put, I've put. Oh look, some Steve Bates. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. You. Oh, Lucas is pegged. But to there's me. no way you don't like this, though, Lucas. Oh, I think it's great. Yeah, of course. But it's <laughs> Steve Bates. Yeah, I can I peg Steve whilst enjoying the pegging myself as well. I can still true. get something oh, out of the pegging. Like two-way pegging situation. I can still Lovely. get something out of the pegging. We can all get something out of pegging. That's what we must communicate to people. <laughs> it is one note, though. It is that riff. Yeah. Keep doing that for five minutes, four minutes. Hey, good riff. Oh, good riff. Yeah. I like the sound. I like its weird, fuzzy fuzzy tone yeah but also how long has it been since we had a riff i know from radiohead my first right? note just says oh some guitar yeah yeah it's, it's like it's, some it's, obvious guitar yeah. not obviously i know that you said there's been guitar bits but some just like clear like someone's playing a riff on a guitar yeah it's 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 pretty out of nowhere the album so far has been pretty atmospheric and kid a is pretty atmospheric and this song starts ambient and then suddenly there's a riff. And then bam. On a classic rock instrument, like a distorted guitar, no less. Imagine. Yeah. For Radiohead, this is basically metal. Well, the drums are like normal as well. They're like normal, like normal drums. Song. It's like a normal song. But the guitar is... They're just normal men. We're, we're just innocent guitars. <laughs> I love... You say about the drums being normal or whatever, but I love how locked in the guitar and the drums are together. That it, 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 It's so cohesive. But Because um, it's looped. That'll be why. <laughs> Heavily digitally edited, I Lovely. think. Yeah. Let's just yeah. talk a bit more about the riff, though. Okay, yeah, it's I a good like, riff. I like the bit it's where it goes. Yeah, yeah. Do, 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 Oh, there's two cowboy there's two, tracks. Oh, there's two. Is the other one well, Man with a Harmonica and Nice? Yeah, yeah, they've closed with Man with a Harmonica yeah, and Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but also, this is a bit funky, funky. The uh, <laughs> the bass, where it's going like, is, is, is great. He was inspired by the bassist of Chic, Bernard Edwards. Um, I wasn't aware there was any bass in this song. Are you joking? I wasn't aware there was anything on this song other than a lead guitar. Yeah, nothing. No drums, no vocals. No. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> um, it's magic. <laughs> For like right in the middle of Amnesiac, it's so normal. Um like, That's why I put it Steve Bate, because it's a bit of a normal song. <laughs> but there's discernible vocals, beautiful vocals, I think. Um, and yeah, it, it feels, it does feel a bit oblique. And it does feel from the hat, I suppose, lyrically. What on earth does that mean? The, Stetson, if you will. Like when you take out, he'd take out random lines from the hat, wouldn't he? And that would be the song. Um, but it does also feel a little bit personal and potentially about how Tom's partner, Rachel, who at this point he's you know he's been together he's been with her since they were nineteen, um, helped him through his difficult spell and writer's block. Um, Rachel once told him, "Be proud of what you've done. Don't look back and just carry on like nothing's happened. Just let the bad stuff go," which of course is in the song. Think about the good times and never look back. Never look back. And then the next line is a really lovely recognition of her influence because the next line after that is. 
what would I do if I did not have you? Uh, which is really nice. Is uh, nice. It's a really nice sentiment. Um, the song in general, Tom says, it's a document of a complete crisis point, basically. I live on a beach, and one night I went out on my own and looked back at the house, and even though I knew there was nobody there, I could see a figure walking around inside. Then I went back to the house and recorded this track with the presence still there. Mm. So it's that, it's that haunted mm. house again. Uh, I might be wrong, but I could have sworn I saw a light coming on. Oh. Um, yeah, it's oh, creepy. I've got, spooky, oh, spooky. I've got chills. And do you know what freaked me out more? <laughs> is that in the back of in the, your video feed, Adam, someone walked past your window, but in my head, that was behind me. But Steve... <laughs> My window's been dead for, for ten, ten years. years. <laughs> Did not see your window in black. <laughs> oh, that's oh. cool. What? That's cool and terrifying. I like stuff like that. I like. Yeah. I like it when people record or write songs. Even though I don't believe in ghosts in haunted mansions, I just love that shit. Right. Oh, tell you what. I don't. We've talked about it already. But in rainbows, recorded in a haunted mansion. Yeah. Fantastic, yes. And of course, OK Computer, recorded in a in a haunted mansion. Um, And Bits of Kid A and Dan Musiak, recorded in a haunted mansion. Definitely Um, got a coming inside of me, as you call it. Haunted mansion. Was that recorded in a haunted mansion? It was, yeah. Also, Origin Symmetry by um, Radiohead's biggest influence, me. Yeah. I thought that was recorded in the um, the barn thing. Yeah, sorry, Black Holes was in the Haunted Mansion, yes, right? Yes, that's the one. Yes, of yeah. course. The Haunted Chateau. The Chateau, of course, it was the Chateau. Uh, Mannix as well. Um, Everything Must Go recorded in, a, in an old right, What Billie Eilish thing was French recorded in Chateau. somewhere haunted? Nothing, it's all is, her bedroom. It's all her is bedroom. Is the bedroom haunted? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> the microphone's haunted. Oh, uh, that microphone's know. been dead for 10 years. <laughs> um, interestingly, for like how loose... This song feels in places, right? I think this is kind of it. Kind of feels a bit like a jam. It feels a bit loose, a bit, a bit uh, alive. Um, it was a Tom demo. Like the drums are just programmed by Tom, and it's I think it's him playing the guitar, um, and then others just sort of filled in their parts or played over the demo. So it's one of those recorded in pieces songs, which which surprised me. But then Steve, when you said like how locked in the guitar and the drums are mm-hmm. i suppose the, the song is quite rigid isn't it yeah i mean it, it's like a couple of parts so it's not a surprise that those parts would be really locked in yeah and one of those mm-hmm. parts is that great riff that goes do 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 when does that come in which part it plays from the first second to the last second i believe oh yes although no actually that's not true because there's that little false ending right oh yeah where you think it's finished and then you get that nice like the picked guitar part and his beautiful falsetto yeah well that's what i mean it it, like it gradually builds very very softly gradually builds and then it stops and then it slowly builds again then you've got a reprise of the drum beat but like a little more muted towards the end it's not as aggressive cool cool song it's cool yeah cool song uh this is probably my other standout on the album to be honest um and it's interesting to me in terms of sequencing that this is a very normal song and then after it we get like the most normal song of normal radiohead songs i reckon
This song is Radiohead doing a cover of Radiohead. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yes. It is. It's Radiohead being like, let's write the most Radiohead song. <laughs> and it's really good. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, it's it's um, weird that it's on this album because it's so not very weird. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it is. It is. It is remarkable in its unremarkableness mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. like it is very a uh, normal radiohead song like it's bizarre that pyramid song and knives out are on amnesiac and i don't know why that makes sense to me when i say it those were the two singles perhaps unsurprisingly right yeah. well they're also to get ahead of myself the two best things on the album well, yeah right yeah, yeah, and also yeah. the two most accessible things on the album probably. exactly Although I don't know, I don't know if Pyramid Song is more accessible than I might be wrong. We'll get into it, get into it later. Lucas, Lucas, I'm talking to you directly. Did you not have a note about how this, a bit about the movie Knives Out and how this song doesn't have any Daniel Craig or Chris Evans or a murder mystery? No, Steve, because the, so the difference between you and I, right, because fundamentally, that is, is that you're tedious and I'm not. I disagree. I think we're both <laughs> tedious. I don't think anyone would actually make that connection just because of the distance uh, in, in, in the two properties. So uh, I, I would say it makes more sense to focus on how like um, simple this song is for Amnesiac, which makes no sense, but it is compelling. Like Knives Out. The film. That was a quote from Knives Out, guys. Come oh, on. was it? Yeah, he oh, says well, it makes fucking, no sense, it, but it's compelling. It, I've seen it oh, one come time. On, I don't so remember good. it oh, well enough so to remember bad. lines. Good, and I never There'll be listeners compelling. laughing. Oh, it's because you didn't do it in enough. a foghorn leghorn accent. I say, I say. That's true. That is what his accent is like, isn't it? It's foghorn leghorn. Come on, guys. I'm working with absolute plebs. There is some absolute lyrics in this song oh there's so many lyrics in if this you'd song. been a dog they would have drowned you at birth <laughs> squash his head put him in a pot yeah well, can we before lovely. we get to, to the actual lyrics can i tell you my my misheard lyric which i maybe crease oh, up oh yes please do your egg corn yeah exactly <laughs> so it goes so knives out cookie monster <laughs> wow <laughs> It then and then it, it kind of falls away a bit when he says the other lines after it. But I was convinced for two listens it was Cookie Monster. Knives Out it obviously says so. Knives Out cut your mother. No, that's definitely what he says. <laughs> no, it isn't. It's Knives Out cook him con- up. As far as I'm concerned, it's cut your mother. <laughs> <laughs> it's Cookie Monster. Knives Out Cookie Monster. Tom York. Uh, it's it's it is. I know what you mean. It is it is mad to me that not not so mad to me that pyramid song is on amnesiac because that is that is weird and the drums are weird but it is mad to me that knives out is on amnesiac or anything from the kid a sessions there's nothing else from the kid a sessions that sounds like knives out there's like a strummed guitar and yeah a really nice picked guitar that sounds like 80s indie do, 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 yeah. Yeah, some twangy do, do, do. some twangy guitar bits it's very radiohead it's an actual vocal melody as well yeah. So it's mm. very funny to me that they would have recorded this and then the next day done like Idiotech and Pulk slash yeah. Pulk revolving <laughs> yeah. doors. <laughs> well, it's I, really weird. I was convinced that Knives Out was on um, Hail to the Thief. I don't know if I've just put Thief and Knife together in my head. Wow. Are you assuming that all thieves carry knives? Yes. I mean, a lot of them do. Oh, yes. Without, without spoiling, like it, it does sound like something that could in theory be on Hail to the Thief. Okay. Oh, maybe I'm going to like Hail to the Thief. Uh, Hail to the Thief is interesting. Uh, it 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 it's 
knives out like normie status means I think it's less dynamic than a lot of other songs in this period or on this record. It's kind of a vibe, but I do like the vibe. Like that it's thing you were saying, Steve, like it's a bit one note, but you like the note. It's obviously influenced by the Smiths. Um, it took them over a year to get right. Right. 373 days they spent recording this. Uh, wow, it's just them doing a Radiohead song. Because they were overthinking it. They were like, oh, we can't release that because that it sounds like a Radiohead That is a lot of tape. Song. Yeah, it's mad. Um, so many VHSs. Guitar-friendly Ed must have been loving this one. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not too far from like the snappy three-minute songs that he was wanting to do towards the beginning of the Kid A Amnesiac Sessions. But it does harbour a darkness, like a weirdness to it. That Radiohead weirdness. It's quite a sad melody. And the few words you can pick out are knives out, catch the mouse, squash his head. If you'd been a dog, they would have drowned you at birth. There's numerous references to cannibalism in the song. It is a song about cannibalism. Hot. Um, he's bloated and frozen, but still there's no point in letting it go to waste. Um, Army Hammer has just joined us on the podcast obviously <laughs> um, <For fuck's> sake. <laughs> I, I do really like the stuff about the mice and, and all that horrible imagery like squash his head cook him up it's all very like juvenile and like childlike the way it's said which makes it like a bit more creepy yeah the whole thing can be read as like a justification for eating someone uh, it's, it's, it's really interesting don't look down shove it in your mouth and that whole thing of like well if you've been a dog they would have drowned you at birth so it's probably fine if I eat you um, it's yeah, it's weird. It's it's a it's a disturbing song, which is weird because it's such an it's in such a nice package, you know. Um, also, my introduction to Radiohead. Oh, what first ever song? Yeah, I saw their. How top... do you remember that? Then again, I remember the first. I saw their Radiohead Top of the Pops song. performance of this song because this song was performed on Top of the Pops. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> mimed or fully live. No, no. They at, at this time they had the cultural cachet to demand that they were live performances um so they did pyramid song and knives out and this performance of knives out is bizarre so yeah it's kind of like the most normal radiohead song was my introduction to radiohead song like the peak radiohead was my introduction to radiohead and if you remember from the first episode what i said didn't like it guys did not get on board scary. with this because yeah it's too scary it was way too I, scary i have no idea what my first radiohead song was probably like no surprises mm, that's not very uh surprising i like yeah, well no, no i didn't yeah. even mean to say it i just meant like yeah that's a big song and you would have heard it and it came out as that's not very surprising I'm that's very not sorry. very morning mean- bell slash amnesiac that's good. That is good, actually. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go into the song off the back of that because I just realised he said the title of and the then, song, and yeah. then you should do. You should like, I'll go into it.
absolutely miserable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is Morning Bell. You're right. You've correctly identified the song by the title, I mm. suppose. Yeah. But also Ford slash the name of the album. Yeah. Well, it's like Amnesiac version, right? Mm. Oh, so is there another version? Jesus wept. That Imagine. Can't be, that can't be real. Is he doing is a this bit? Been on, is, is, this, is, is he talking? Is he being an amnesiac? Like that, is that what is he's this, doing? He's is doing, this he's doing song, a bit. So. Is this song on Kid A? Yeah. yeah. Don't remember it. Uh, I believe it was one of your standouts. Oh, I'm now going to go on to my Kid A notes, and the notes might remind me. Yeah, maybe just read those out. The Kid a, maybe play a little clip of the Kid A one, Adam. Would you like me to play a little clip of the Kid A one? Play a little clip of the Kid A one. like a fucking sieve mate um <laughs> now i remember the thing that adam liked most about morning bell on kid a was the drums and this doesn't have any drums no it doesn't it's an interesting piece of connective tissue that relates the two albums to take the same song and then completely recontextualize it mm. is pretty interesting without taking it on its own merits i suppose i would say that this is not as good as the one from kid a disagree is what i would say Oh, you think this is this is as good as the one from Kid A or better? I would say about the same. I like I like this version because I I, I prefer it's like a less hectic version and it and it feels like quite soothing in a way. Whereas the other one, because of those very aggressive kind of regimented drums, feels not that way. You know, I don't know if that's a hot take to to think of this. Is this known as the worst version of them? I don't think so. No. I, it's just known as a different version. And I think it's, it is actually really interesting that they have taken the same song and recontextualized it. Mm. And what is most interesting to me about it, I mean, taking it on its own merits, I like the creepy, woozy feeling that it has. Yeah. It's, to me, it sounds like a song from an, from like an imaginary kids' TV show, like slowed down, like something that would have been on Bagpuss or something, but just like slowed down. Like Bagpuss is not a word I have considered in a tremendously <laughs> long time. Bagpuss is going to come up a huge amount on the next album. Is it really? That's, that's, that's weird, isn't what? it? Yeah, because the album yeah, starts. Yeah. As, hmm. T- Tom York hugely into Bagpuss. Sure. Um, Tom York also hugely into Trumpton. Yes. Yeah. He he loves recontextualizing like kids TV shows, and when we get into stuff like the most gigantic lying mouth of all time, that's all there as well. Like. A variety TV show. Anyway, one thing I find very interesting about this, I don't know that it's the exact same take of the vocals, but they line up perfectly when played over each other, which means the vocals are the same on both versions, basically. Right. But one is in 4-4 and the other is in 5-4. Uh, the version on Kid A is in 5-4 with those very regimented drums, Steve. And this one is in 4-4 with its slow, maudlin kind of... Uh, acoustic strum and then like jazzy piano over it i'm also pretty sure this version came first right which means they've shoved an extra beat in there rather than removing (laughs) it like uh it's it's interesting it's so interesting to me that i managed to completely foot range not it's not surprising that i managed to forget the other song because i've got a head like a fucking sim you really have i've got a big note here about how lucas will complain that they're just using the same song again 
but you didn't yeah, even I notice. I have no problem with that. It's it's just a Radiohead-y type thing to do. Right. So sure. And the fact that they're kind of like sister albums. It is yeah. so funny that the song is Slash Amnesiac and you forgot that this song was on the other album. That's just wonderful yeah. that that happened. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, this season I've really struggled with like remembering names of songs, what songs are off what albums, mm. way more than any other you know, like name a manic song. I'll probably still give you, like, say what album it is off. Oh, Blistered Mirrors. Okay, that's a B side that we never covered. I mean, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but incredible um, that you knew it was a B side that we never covered. Well, because I didn't recognise it as anything can be covered, so of course. Oh it's a right, okay. We'd... PCP. How about that? How about that? PCP. That is off. Off. Gold Against the Soul. Nope. Holy Bible. Last track on the Holy Bible. Um, anyway. Uh, but it's interesting because if, if <laughs> I like the Morning Bell version uh, off of Kid A, mm. that I dislike this one so much. Do you dislike this version so much? Oh, it's the worst thing on the album. Oh. Nah, it's not. It's not the worst thing on the album. It's just a drag. It, it, is, it is quite miserable. And it's such a fucking drag. Yeah. I like it. I like, you know, because I like things that are miserable. But I can You're see mis- why you miserable old that. fuck. I would. I can see why you would think that, Lucas. It is again like a few of the songs on this album, one note, and you have to like the note in order for it to be a success for you. Not right? big on the note. Yeah. Why can't the note be a riff again? <laughs> well, that's numerous notes. Um, they had forgotten that they had it, and when they were dusting off old things, that's why they called it amnesia. Yeah, pretty much. They they, oh. they they liked it, and so they called it Morning Bell slash Amnesiac because they'd forgotten that they had this version of Morning Bell that they really liked as much as the version that they put on Kid A. And it, I like that it shows a bit of their process too. Like, this is an example of a song that they just completely reworked. So when I say they spent a year on Knives Out, think about how many versions of Knives Out there must be that they recorded this version of Amnesiac uh, this version of Morning Bell, and then got rid of it, and then did the version that's on Kid A, a remarkably different version of the same song. So I, th- I, I like that little glimpse into how different their different versions are when they're working on songs, you know? Well, we've obviously seen it with, like, well, we've done it already this episode. Uh, True Love Waits. Yes, the, 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 the amount of stuff that that goes through is, yeah, weird. But... All of that stuff is stuff that I'm scrabbling around and digging out, you know. This is yeah. on their, their, their big albums. Two consecutive albums. That, that's yeah. it. And it's like, why... It's like, it's not the same, but it's a bit the same. It's like, why... Would the vocals you... are exactly the same, which yeah, is no, what is so interesting to sorry, me. Sorry, I meant, I meant my next uh, thought deposit. Uh, it's a bit like having a... A cover on an album why not just have another song like for considering like you said there's so many there's so much stuff that they recorded why go back and put another version of a song that was on the last album on your new album that isn't that long um i suppose to connect them mm. right yeah and ed says it was the only time that they've ever had two versions of a song and they could stand listening to both of them like yeah. This was the only song that he said they could they could bear to listen to again. So they they figured, oh, it must be good then. That's um, fair. There you go. When I say, oh, it's not as good as the one on Kid A, that's because the one on Kid A is one of my favourite songs on the album, Kid A. So it was always going to pale in comparison. But I do feel like it earns its place here. It sits really nicely after those two quite upbeat, normal songs. And this one is a bit of a... It's an unkind word, but I don't mean it unkindly. Like dirge, 
I suppose. Yeah. No, I get it. It's a bit dirty. I think I've used that word when I didn't yeah. mean it to be bad. Yeah. yeah, I don't necessarily always mean it as a bad thing uh, because I listen to bands like The Fool who are just one big dirge and that's what I like about them. <laughs> I mean, I'd describe, <laughs> I'd describe the Holy Bible as a, a slog. But I don't... Absolute dirge fest 2022, yeah. Yeah, but I wouldn't. 2020, not the year it came no, out. No, this year. 22. It's always dirge fest in my house. The year it came out is 94. That's right, Steve. Yes. Well done. Yay. Yeah. How many points do I get? None. We're not in... We're not doing a Christmas episode today. And if it was, I'd have got it first. Mm. Sense, isn't it? Do you know what's funny? What? This is the track where I chose to write in my notes. Oh, all this dodgy spelling is getting silly now. Nothing misspelled on this song. No, absolutely what? nothing. What? So what were you talking about? Did you about? see the ampersand it... and think that's a weird-looking number eight? I have no idea what I thought. I don't know. This is the what thing. I thought it's... was spelt wrong. Well, it's it's only packed. Uh, and Polk are the two songs that have the have the uh, misspellings, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what you thought. Maybe you think maybe you thought sense was a pun, as in S E N S E. Maybe. <laughs> oh, this is well jazzy, guys. Yeah, uh, it's so jazzy. It's from a jam. Great bass, great uh, bass lines. Oh, great bass lines. Does feel uh, like a and jam. Stri- obviously, the strings. Oh, um, I like strings. Obviously, the, it's strings. The strings are great. Uh, they're, they're they're very like Blade Runner, or well, they're very jazz, but they are very Blade Runner. I've got they're um, very Bond. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Um, it's from a jam, which is interesting because it, it has those dramatic strings, strings. So they must have edited the jam down and then put strings on it. I think it was edited down from around eleven minutes. <laughs> I'm really glad they edited it down. Um, are you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like. I really like this song. I don't know if I could do 11 minutes of it. Yeah, fam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's a whole vibe, this song. It's another one that is kind of one note and you have to like the note. Um, do we like this note? I like the note. I think you can have a little groove to this, right? Like, it's, it, it's just a jam. That's what it sounds like. But yeah, it's like they were jamming and then an, an orchestra stumbled into the room and went, oh, I suppose we could probably add something to this. But... Um, they fell in. They, they just, just fell went, in. Oh, sorry, we've shown from the wrong... A whole do, orchestra do, do, well. do you want us to just... Should we just quickly... Yeah. Na-na-na. And it's surprising you can't hear a whole orchestra stumble into the studio. Um, <laughs> it does, it does loud, feel it? very off. It feels like a weird rhythm, and I think it is 4-4. Again, mainly from weird accents, I think Phil's just starting the one uh, of the drum beat on the snare, or the rim shot of the snare, the rim of the snare. 
just because they're from a different part of the country view doesn't make their accents weird. Well, Lucas, like... do one of your weird accents. <laughs> All right. Go on. All right. Hello. Oh, That's weird. so weird. It's weird. weird. It's like a Southern England sort yeah. of like. Yeah. My least favourite accent, I think. What, Southern England? Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to get rid That's of it. That's your least favourite accent. Well, I'm trying to transition into more of a Jamaican accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, and how, people I, seem to be putting up a lot of resistance to me it, doing it's that. It's weird, that, isn't it? Why don't, <laughs> yeah. you pre, why don't you premiere your Jamaican accent now? No, I don't think I will, actually. No, okay. Let's talk about the lyrics of the song Yeah, instead. it's and Sense and Radiohead, um, isn't it? <laughs> um, Weirdly with this one, this should be my one of my highlights, I feel. I feel like it's got the parts that I would like, and yet, bit of a shrug. It is quite long for the number of ideas that it puts forward. I also have to put that I've started to feel in the fatigue of the album at this point, but it's it's not been it's not that deep into the album yet, and also the album hasn't been one note, so it'd be weird that I've got fatigue. But we're in the back half of the album. There's only yeah. three in the back half. We're still pretty this, far. Two and a half tracks see. after this. Yeah, I mean, one yeah. of them's an instrumental. So I, I I consider this to be the 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 final third of the album that we're starting. Yeah, I guess I was starting to get the fatigue a little bit. Um, I mean, it doesn't help that the lyrics are absolute gibberish. I mean, I I don't know if you would even be able to pick out the lyrics, but but even when you're reading them, you're like, I don't really, I don't really know what this is. That there's stuff in there about consumerism and commerce where it meets art. Bear a weapon we can use and be constructive with your blues. And we are the dollars and cents and pounds and pence. It's sort of that that idea of people as a com- as a commodity. Other than that, don't know. Oh, I do like the bit where he's like, "We're gonna crack your little souls." Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, it's just kind of a vibe piece, right, on an album that is kind of full of vibe pieces. Yeah, I think so. I think it's got a very loose feel to the album. There is right. There is a loose feel, and 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 Kid A felt tight and constrained and this feels loose and human and i hate human things exactly know, right? that's why you prefer kid a to amnesia because you want... want the robot not the human yeah. yeah yes every single time that's why i've married a robot <laughs> wow harsh well hannah's a robot you're built for each other she's she's a robot she's actually a robot. um it's interesting you say about fatigue because i've not any of my listeners felt fatigue from this album which is one of its merits, I felt that I was like, "Oh, it's done." It's interesting because you're often you're often a fatigueman. Uh, hun- on an album. I'm I'm usually Stephen Fatigueman. Stephen Fatigueman, but uh, but not so uh, much on Amnesiac, which I was surprised by. Yeah, one thing I did really enjoy about this song is the vocals and strings just doing the same melody. Yeah, it's it's just great. singing along with the strings. I'm yeah. doing waves with my hands. Oh yeah, that would have had to have been written backwards as well if you consider that it's from a jam. So they would have had to have worked out what the vocals were and then told the strings to play well, that. No, the song that goes backwards is in a couple. Yeah, good. Mm. Good. <laughs> good. Two songs. That's good. Yeah. Talking That's about good. Coldplay, the scientist. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Same methods. Yeah. Um, same, yeah. uh, I find this song to be very menacing. I think that's the word Ooh. that I would use to, to describe it. Menacing. It does. Menacing kind of, jazz. He gets a bit more aggressive with his vocals where it kind of builds and builds. Yeah. It nearly explodes. Nearly and it goes. It just peters, peters back quite, down. Yeah, it doesn't get quiet, and it's, I quite like that. Which is it, yeah. honestly still quite satisfying. Yeah, yeah that they're, they're edging you with mm. the song. Yeah. Uh, how how did he get up there in the first place? You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to. Peter me Peter's that back down now. Peter's, so Peter's up. How did Peter get up there in the first place? That's good. 
I was talking about the person, Peter Spackdown. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Peter Spackdown. Spackdown. <laughs> wow. Hunting bears uh, from the album Amnesiac by Radiohead. Don't hunt bears. Don't, Don't hunt, hunt bears. bears. Horrible. Horrible. No. But of course, a reference to all of the bears that appear oh, in the yeah. artwork for Amnesiac oh. and Kid A. Um, Do you know what's weird? When I first pictured the title of Hunting Bears, mm-hmm. I pictured someone hunting giant gummy bears. Okay, that's that is instead weird. of that's just like instead of just like a normal bear, just innocent, innocent bears. bears. Just innocent bears. That's interesting. That's Did we interesting. not all picture Red Dead Redemption? No, I pictured someone hunting giant pink bears. Yeah. <laughs> it does sound like something from Red Dead Redemption. Interstitial music. And it yeah. also sounds like something you do in Red Dead Redemption. Mm, that's true. Yeah. I mean, how much is there to say about this? Yeah. Some guitars and bits. I actually quite liked this purely because I was starting to get that that fatigue and mm. this was something a little bit different right? it's just a bit of a change of pace i like i specifically put in my notes for dollars and cents i want the pace to be changed up a bit now and then it did yeah yeah well so there you go nice perfect sequencing i think it's a welcome um, little so, break this album is not perfectly sequenced it's not, it's no. not at all. <laughs> but it is a nice it's little really break badly sequenced. but it is two songs before the end and then also i didn't expect amnesiac to be so western again this is the second cowboy song on Amnesiac by Radiohead. <laughs> I mean, I think you might be the only person with that take. But... This yeah, one's like... more. This one's got some cowboyage to it. Yeah. I don't remember what the other one that Steve said was cowboyage because it like was a such a wrong fucking take. Sim. <laughs> I might be wrong. Knights of Sidonia. You can see someone riding a horse, so I might be wrong. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. No, I I completely appreciate the uh, the soundtrack nature of this song because I used it as uh, a part oh. of a soundtrack to one of my student films when yeah. I was in college. Yeah. Uh, and it, was it about hunting bears? No, it wasn't about hunting bears, but it was kind of uh, it was kind of a western. But horses were replaced with push bikes, and I remember doing a shot of a very, very, very large landscape shot with just a very small person traveling in the distance along the uh, along the the hill line, and it was this song that was playing. Have so, you still got all your old student films somewhere? Uh, probably, yeah, somewhere. Same. Should we trade? No. Because and mine watch are each other's old. Yes, yeah, same. So watch each. Are they embarrassing for the same reason? Uh, probably not. Mine are really arty, like really fucking like French New Wave sort of shit. Our our, our mutual friend Chris Tizard has a has a film called Pain, where um there's a, a shot where he I think he stabs a tree, and then like I think the end he ends up like hanging himself. It's like an emo like art film. That he refuses Lovely. to show anyone ever, but he still has oh, it. I see that. I so. need to see that. Uh, Adam, mine, mine won't be what you'd expect in the sense you. If you're thinking yours are arty, mine will be the opposite. I was never the 
the the creative force behind any. I was never the lead in a student film group project. Oh, mine weren't groups. We had to do them on our own. I never. I don't think we did any individual projects. Interesting. Uh, and that's why you don't have enough cameras to loan out to every student. Well, we all separately. had our own cameras. Oh, fucking right, Billy Big Bollocks. <laughs> I had to borrow my Sony DV cam. Yeah, I had I had my own little Sony Mini DV. Quinn, Quinn had the same one. We used to make films together, and it had the screw-on wide-angle lens. Oh, oh, nice! Absolutely beautiful. You know, I was never the creative force. I was a technician. I'd right. edit, yes. and I'd you know the director of photography. The director tells no, you what no, they want, that, and you go, "Well, I can do this with this stop and all of that." No, 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 that's still too too, that's creative. Still too creative. Too creative. No, sound technician. Okay, great. Editor. <laughs> editor. Okay, cool. Editing's an art, though. Like Annie Hall was entirely found in the editing room rather than uh, on set. Yeah, and so was The Last Resort. What's that? It's one of my student films. Excellent. Well, that's our discussion on hunting bears. very clever because i know that this song has a lot of backward stuff in it wow <laughs> does steve you very yeah clever. you're really clever you're mate so clever. spotting yeah, the, yeah. the telltale sound of something yep. being backwards oh yes <laughs> so there's a lot going on um they tried to record a song that they had lying around it's the song that lucas named that sounds like radiohead uh they were trying to do a kind of synthy version of it but weren't getting anywhere and then Nigel played the tape backwards and Tom was instantly very enthusiastic about the new melody that had been presented to him. So he then wrote to that. Um, I have a clip of this song that we've just heard being played backwards. So actually it's the original song being played forwards. <laughs> I described this song as very Radiohead. Well, you heard a version of it, that is, yeah. When did I hear a version of this? The version you heard was from Meeting People is Easy. Right, I've got so many questions. Same. Yeah. One, where can I 
hear that. Where can I put that in my rotation? Okay. What, the, I forward, love that. the forward version? That. What yeah. we just heard. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll send is that available? Yeah, or is that YouTube. you've taken... No, it's it's fucking great. Yeah, yeah. That sounds synthwave. It sounds like, like the Tron soundtrack or something from Blade Runner. Uh-huh. Up for it. That's the Ford version. Yep. So why were the vocals backwards? Because that is just like spinning plates played backwards. Yeah. So they had a song. So they that flipped is just it that round, spinning. Yeah. And then right, he, yeah, yeah. No, I know what they did. And then with he this recorded song. some yeah. bits over it. So what Adam just played was was literally the song played backwards. So there isn't an original. You can't get like the original take of just the no, song no, no, no. that they took. That is just like spinning reverse. plates from Amnesiac played backwards, which is the song that you called "That Sounds Like Radiohead" played backwards. The song okay. that I was talking about, which we heard off of Meeting People Is Easy, yeah, has someone like ripped it off of Meeting People Is Easy? Yeah, we played a clip in the episode. I should listen to that more. It's great. <laughs> um, and I've got another so, question, though. Sorry. Is that there... But there is... In, like, Spinning Plates, there is backwards vocals, right? Yes. So in, like, Spinning Plates, the whole backing track is reversed, as you can hear. Yeah. But the vocals are also reversed, even though you can make out words. Yeah, because he sung the words backwards. Yeah, so Tom recorded his vocals, then ran them backwards and learned them like that he then recorded him singing them backwards and then ran them backwards so the vocal you can hear on the track is tom singing it backwards and then reversing it so it sounds forwards but it's got that weird weirdness that backwards Mm -hmm. reverse lyrics has it gives quite a creepy feeling what a what a radiohead thing to do indeed when we heard the lyrics in the backwards version of like spinning plates from amnesiac then that was his live vocal take. Yeah, that's what he actually was singing. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because that is yeah, can now, can now, really. Can you just play you the want, vocal? You want a little bit, bit again, more? You want I want to hear. So this is him singing Fords. Yeah. That is really it's clever just, because he's... It's cool because it's a someone doing an impression of, like, backwards yeah. singing. He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. like that kind of, the really... Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. This song's And great. it also it's must great. have, like, singing that, it must have felt a bit like spinning plates. Having to do loads of things at once yeah. and keep things going. So that's a nice little marrying of stuff there. Um, the live version of this, uh, which you will hear potentially tonight, depending on how quickly you get on playlists is very interesting. So, okay, I might have spoiled something for myself a little bit because I did because I was on Genius Lyrics. Yeah. But the back the song that is the backing track that's backwards that's forwards. Mhm. They is, put it on is on Hell of the Thief. It's on Hell of the Thief in a very different form. Oh, it's in a very different way. So yes. I'm not going to hear that that amazing thing I just heard no. as a song. Unfortunately not. That's unfortunate. Yes, I know. I'm very sorry about that. What a tease. <laughs> what a tease I just want that synth song as a song I mean uh, spoiler alert some cool synths that have got arpeggios speaks to me yeah I'm sure it does <laughs> um, in terms of the song itself more references to bodies floating in a river um, there's a reference to being fed to lions so those are both kind of mythological things but this is another one that seems to be about leaders taking their countries to war specifically the combat in Kosovo um, which is exactly what the song called That Sounds Like Radiohead uh, is about, which, as you've looked it up now, Lucas, is actually called I Will. 
um, that song is about the, the Kosovo um, combat. And so I think that the lyrics for this kind of feed off of the song that it originally was. While you make pretty speeches, I'm being cut to shreds. You feed me to the lions. Um, yeah, a, a cool song. Uh, it, it's one of... It's it's almost the opposite of Polk slash Pull Revolving Doors because Polk slash Pull Revolving Doors is a piece of experimentation that for me doesn't really pay off into a whole song. And this is a piece of experimentation where it kind of it it's earned do you know what i mean it feels like a good song even though it is kind of primarily a piece of experimentation yeah it's it's like not it's a, it's a maybe not the best word to use but it is a gimmick right to an extent but yeah. it really works yeah yeah exactly hence why we talked about it for so long yeah like compared to the other one now i even put in my notes i really want to hear this played forwards so cheers mate there you go mate i'll send you the link i'll send you the link and then we're on the home straight we're, we're on to the last track life in a glass house <laughs> Imagine Tom York in a sleek red sequin dress splayed out on a piano in a smoky club when I hear this song. Oh, when you hear this song. Mm. Right, I thought you were... Not just when you sleep at night. I thought you'd been reading my dream journal. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And as a detective, he's he's giving him the eye. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's it's jazzy as fuck, basically. Jazzy. It's J-A-F. It's jazzy. It's jazzy. He's solving crimes. Yeah. He's meeting a woman in in a thing. She's got like a slit, a big high slit. No, he's, dress. he's the one with the high slit. In the she dress. walks in. <laughs> she's got a cigarette in one of those sticks yes. that makes it long. It's a film noir. Yeah, no, it's a film, film noir. noir. Elbow Absolutely. legs, gloves. Yeah. Um, we heard this on Meeting People Is Easy as well. Oh. With uh, with with Johnny playing that clarinet line on the piano in rehearsal and stuff. The do do. Um, I like this a lot. It feels very dramatic, but also very grounded, and it has. When I was talking about the jazz stuff earlier, and I was talking about earlier jazz. This has like that Dixieland jazz feeling to it, the New Orleans vibe. Um, it's played by Humphrey Littleton and the Humphrey Littleton band. Humphrey Littleton was a great English jazz trumpeter, and also, I believe he holds the record for the longest time spent as host on a radio show because he used to host. I, I'm sorry, I haven't a clue. You know the the, mm-hmm. the comedy show from Radio Four. So that's a weird little thing. He's a great jazz trumpeter, 
on Radiohead's album, and he was the long-time host of I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. Uh, so there you go. Um, Johnny wrote to him when they were a bit stuck on this song, and Littleton agreed to bring his band in, and it was completed just the jazz sections in one seven-hour session. Um, it's got that kind of loose free jazz feel in the similar way to the national anthem has but this is i think more tuneful and pleasant than the national anthem and also more directly like jazzy because the piano chords the piano chords themselves are pretty jazzy like this song this song started jazzy you know and it's got it's got fucking woodwind in it like yeah excellent yeah excellent i i'm glad the album ends on something very different and you know big and sort of dramatic because it is like big and dramatic and stuff just in a yeah. sort of very different way it's just in this fucking absolute descending into a load of absolute waffle it's a weird ending track because it does end up going right off the deep end towards the end it does it does thematically it brings it back to the beginning though because the only time that i've mentioned paranoia is on packed like sardines in a crushed tin box or can i can never remember hmm. but and then the only other time that we really have a lot of paranoia is this song with someone's listening in. Um, it's it's a nice little parallel. I'm a reasonable man. Get off my case. And someone's listening in only happen at the the ends of like of the life album. in a glass house, as in like someone's watching at all times. But also be careful what you do, right? Like those who live, people who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Yeah, yeah. I do have a slight beef with um some idiot on genius lyrics okay which is a uh, there's a note saying radiohead is a uk band and in british english a greenhouse is known as a glass house that's wrong no it's not no it's known as a greenhouse that's not true why are, you on, bollocks. why are you on genius lyrics you like us doing more research you even said i the can't other day, i cannot stand genius lyrics though i mean i, like, will, I will point out li- lucas he literally said at one point please don't go on genius lyrics in this podcast i yeah. think that was for a very specific artist or album no it was just in general genius lyrics sucks you even said to me, like, you said to us just a few days ago, said, I wish everyone did as much research as me. Yeah, that'd be cool. But not well, genius at, least doing, at least I'm doing more than not reading the <laughs> lyrics at all. Or yeah. reading other people's I mean, opinions. I mean, so's Adam reading a book, mate. Adam, Adam's... If Adam, Adam read a book read about books. Radiohead... I know he's writing a book as well. That's, that's by the by, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> like, if any of us read anything, we're reading someone else's words. Yeah, I mean, I would say that all of, like, everything I've said here has already been said by some... Somebody else. We're not breaking new ground on Radiohead. You know, hey, it's very difficult hey, man, to what do. What if we were? What if we were, though? What if mm. we were? I bet no one's um, compared Hunting Bears to Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> that's actually probably true. That's yeah. actually probably true. Yeah, we're breaking new I ground. I bet it's there, not. Steve. I bet it's not. Do a search. Do a Google. Do a Google. Um, I think this if is... If I search yeah. Hunting Bears Red Dead Redemption, <laughs> it's just going to be, how do I hunt yeah, the legendary true. bear in Red Dead Redemption? <laughs> <laughs> um, legendary bear, uh, my nickname in university. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I like this as an ending to Amnesiac. I think this is cool because it feels... There's something about the the idea of amnesiac and the idea of forgetting things and seeing things from the past that fits in really well with the way that they've used vintage recording techniques and vintage music and vintage sounds on this album do you know what i mean yeah it makes sense that an, a song that sounds like this closes an album that's called amnesiac for some reason i also feel like I feel like the album just suddenly stops like I'm, I'm always surprised. This is the last uh, track on the album, and I think that's a quite cool thing for an album called Amnesiac, where it's just like, oh, 
the album's finished. Like, what was I doing? Is that also because it doesn't feel substantial enough to be a closer? Potentially, or it's it's to do with the fact that the songs more or less seem plonked together. Yeah, I is, think it's there that. Is I think because about that isn't there. It is, even though I think it's good to end on because it's different, and I like ending on something that's not a n- normal song. Um, it is like what Steve said. I definitely think that as well. Like, oh, it's done. Is this the end of that? Oh, it's oh, we've looped back round to the first song now. That's oh, mm. it, it ended. But I think that is because I feel like this album is kind of just on shuffle. Yes, uh, it's it's. Uh, it, it it would it would work on shuffle, and I think I have that in like my wrapping up sort of section, which I might as well start talking. You're gonna about. do a rap. I'm gonna do a rap. Someone laid do out it a in sick your Jamaican beat. accent, Adam. I'm gonna rap in my Jamaican accent over Zoom, <laughs> right? <laughs> it is difficult not to see this album as a little bit like lighter in weight than Kid A and OK Computer, and even the Benz, really, like those three albums really had huge amounts of context surrounding them. And they were each sort of like cultural events or musical pivot points that were like wide, wider. Like they, they, they reached further than just the albums on their own. Do you know what I mean? There's so much more about those three albums. And this album has a lot of interesting context, but unfortunately it's all Kid A's context as well. Um, so. In the same way that Pablo Honey lives in the shadow of the rest of Radiohead's career, Amnesiac has to live in the shadow of Kid A. It's like bigger brother. And kind of, it also has to kind of live as the disruptor to that insane run of very culturally important albums that, hit, that they had going. Which had to happen at some point, right? The Benz, OK Computer, Kid A, Amnesiac. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, you're right. Like you, they could not have sustained that. But you said the disruptor. It, well, to my knowledge, at least, the end. Like none of the albums post then have that same level of impact. They're obviously very highly regarded albums, like basically every Radiohead album. But are any of them such a massive? You know, there's an argument that the release strategy for In Rainbows is that. Yeah, yes, true. Because that that is itself a a, a disruptor to the music industry and got me of, into Radiohead, right? Yeah, and kind of predicted a way that a lot of the music industry operates now. But we'll get onto that when we get onto In Rainbows. Um, but it, it does yeah, mean that for for the first time since Pablo Honey, we are closer to a Radiohead album being just an album than it has been before. And it it is just a collection of songs in some ways, is what I think. And it's a collection of songs that do share lots of commonality and have themes and stylistic choices in common. Uh, And for me, a collection of Radiohead songs is kind of always going to be a bigger deal than a lot of other artists, but it is a normal album. It feels closer to us talking about a middle-of-the-pack Manic Street Preachers album than it does us talking about fucking OK Computer, you know? Um, Or even, like, one of the more seminal... Manix albums. Right, yeah, exactly. Well, straight away. It's just a normal album. This is likely to be two parts and not three. Maybe that says something. Right, exactly. It's, yeah, it's, it's only 9.47pm. Normally at this point, it's, <laughs> it's 11.58pm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we're all just dying to go to bed. Um, having said that, it's a normal album that I very much enjoy. And the bit of the context that it shares with Kid A is something that I feel adds to it. Everyone talks about the huge late leap that uh, that Kid A takes, and so it's nice to have this album that kind of 
fills in the gaps of the whole story around those very long, very intense sessions that they had. There was this whole sort of looser, more traditional side to the sessions that didn't bleed through to Kid A, which is good because I think Kid A is perfect and all of the, you know, prescient, dread-filled, looking towards the 21st century fear-laden electronic music, it's, it's all constrained to that one, like, monumental release. And Kid A has its praise for that reason. But I do like its weirder sibling too. And it's not weirder in terms of more experimental. It's just, I don't know, it's just just weirder. <laughs> it's just it's like less cohesive and it's a bit looser and it's a bit scraggly. And it's a bit less alienating, but bits of it are a bit more alienating. And it's a bit easier to get on with, but bits of it are a bit like harder to get on with. And it works better on shuffle, but actually listening order is quite rewarding as well. And it has its weaker spots. I would swap out a couple of tracks. It's the like the first Radiohead we've album we've had in a while where I would like just swap out some tracks for some of the B sides from around this area. The lack of a big overriding theme or coherent idea probably hurts it a little bit as well. I think it's sequenced poorly, and so consequently, I find it difficult to argue with Steve's idea that it's a little bit like a B sides collection because it does feel a little bit like here's what we've got left from Kid A. Um, It's like a bag of ideas, and I think some of those ideas are great. Um, My lowlights, very unsurprising, pork slash pull revolving doors, Mm -hmm. uh, and hunting bears, Mm. because I can get away with putting a little instrumental on in the lowlights. Mm -hmm. Highlights, uh, I might be wrong, and pyramid song. Now, score-wise, I'm really struggling. Do you? It's a seven or an eight. Do you guys feel like I've talked about it more as an eight or more of, more as a seven? I'm not going to tell you how to score yours. This is so interesting, and I'm going to tell you in a while in a minute. Well, what, what 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 do you think though? Like, what what do you think that I've like? I don't think I've the way I've talked about it. I right, think you're doesn't a seven. feel like an eight, right? I think you're yeah, a seven. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. We're going to get a ten out of ten. Okay, ten out of ten. It's going on th- the spreadsheet. Oh, I thought I thought you'd already said that it, that it was a ten out of ten ahead of time. No. What what oh, okay. I actually said, and it's I didn't want to say this on the on the Kid A episode because he did say like, oh, Adam has said that every album from this point is a ten out of ten. What I'd actually said uh, is that from the bends onwards, nothing goes below an eight. But wow. like I said at the beginning of this uh, coverage of Amnesiac, I hadn't listened to this album all the way through in a very long time, yeah. um, and actually, yeah, it's probably not quite up to what I would say a great album. It's got some great ideas that are dragged down by some slightly less great ideas. Uh, so, yeah, 7 out of 10, I think that feels like a, like where I'm sitting. That feels right to me. And so that's what it shall be. And I'm deeply interested to hear what you guys make of Amnesiac. I've definitely, this one, and um, again, Kid A had the same sort of thing where it took me longer to get into it in fact, we actually delayed recording this episode again because yeah. I was like, "I haven't got. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not in it enough." Mm. Um, same sort of thing, but with a far worse end result. Kid A, it took me a long time to get into, but it 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 was it paid off. It's worth far it. worse. Far uh, worse. Okay. Far. All right. <laughs> you 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 don't have to read into every word. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, I struggled to get into it and I continued to not be that into it. And then we, and then we recorded an episode about it. Like there's some really great songs 
and then there's some absolute waffle and some absolute shruggage and the the waffle and shruggage isn't as good as some of the like lesser songs on other albums for me mm. so even the songs on kid a or okay computer though, i was like oh it's less of a strong song but uh, still good still really good you know whereas this one's on this one i'm just like cba like not fast yeah. i feel nothing um, Weirdly that I, yes, weird that I just said that I like feel it all blends together because actually it is just a collection of songs. So what I kind of maybe want more what I mean isn't that it all blends together, but it's just, it's a lot of it's quite unremarkable maybe. Right. Or maybe not unremarkable because there's most, pretty much every song has some kind of idea at least. It's not like they're all just fucking songs, like copy and paste songs. But I guess the thing that they are doing isn't my speed maybe. So, yeah, I find it hard. Like I said, it does feel like the almost feels like the peak of what a lot of people would describe about not liking about Radiohead. Mm, Faffy bollocks. Faffy bollocks. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of faffy bollocks. But without it being like a faffy bollocks that's like an incredible song. Right. You know, like Fit and Happier is faffy bollocks. Yes. It's also really cool. Yeah, it is cool. Whereas like Pork Paul Revolving Doors, it's just a lot of faffy bollocks. That I'll like never listen to again. I think yeah, this is the album. It's not going in the, the playlist, is it? This is the album that so far, okay, maybe exploring, uh, ignoring Pablo Honey. This is probably the one where the least, the fewest number of songs will 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 be on the playlist at the end of this. But that that small number of songs does include like pyramid songs, some great and songs, I, yeah, like really great songs, and like I yeah, might be wrong and stuff, yeah. Which is why you know you could have just maybe just made Kid A a bit longer. But I genuinely don't think any of these songs would fit on Kid A. I genuinely yeah, don't. Yeah, maybe not. Or just, like, save them for another album. Maybe they should do, like, a an album where they kind of merge the two and they do something around these two albums in the future. <laughs> okay, maybe. Call it Amnesia. Yeah. Amnesia yeah. K. Are we covering that? We're covering that, right? We'll do, we'll do it when we get to it, yeah. So we're doing it when we get to it. We're not going to do it now. We're at the end of the Kid no, A Amnesia no. session. We'll, we'll do it when it was released. Okay, cool. We're going to do it when it really. We're going to go back in time and do it when it was released. Yeah, you'll actually see in your podcast feed the episode's already out. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Low Lights uh, is Revolving Doors. Yeah, of course. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And probably Morning Bell. Okay. Because cool. it was just a dreary old fucking just, just CBA with it. Sure. Highlights. Honorable mentions. No, no we're not doing cool. honorable mention, actually. All no, right. We're not. Okay. Well, I just said it. What are you going to do? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm going to edit it out. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, Knives Out, which is feels like a boring choice, but it's because it's really good. Well, it's remarkable that Radiohead have a boring song at this point of their career. That's what's remarkable about Knives Out. It's that it's boring. It's not boring. <laughs> it's not I think boring. it's really good. Yeah. It's just very like normal. Is the thing no, for, as far as Radiohead goes, really it's very like normal. It. Exactly. It's very normal for Radiohead, <laughs> and an obviously pyramid song. Obviously pyramid, because it's incredible. Of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, score. Definitely lower than the last three. Yeah. I don't remember what I gave the last three. Okay, well, but how do you feel about it? Without, without thinking about the last three? Probably a five. Okay. Just you feel nothing about this album? I feel very middling about the album. Yeah. Well, five, as far as I'm concerned. That's the middle. It having a few really incredible songs doesn't, isn't enough, you know? Right. Yeah, that's fair enough. If it was like, if there's like five incredible songs, it'd be a very different story. But there's like two incredible songs. Well, no, one incredible song and then some good songs and then mm. some bollocks. Uh, I, this is the one I'll, I will be the least inclined to go back to listen to. Interesting. Like ever. 
interesting. Even even well, that's that can't be true. You're giving it a higher score than Pablo Honey. Okay, well, yeah, I'm again Pablo. You Honey don't count it, like, do you? You just don't, don't even barely count, count it, it right? Because it's just like it's it's pre Radiohead being good, isn't it? Right. Uh, yeah, band. kind of. I mean, you you you've given this album the same score that I gave Pablo Honey, and uh, you've given it a lower score than Steve gave Pablo Honey. Yeah, interestingly, I this, rank lower than you guys. We know this. Yeah, but I don't know if this will. Uh, I, I don't know if this will make your blood boil or not. Steve and I prefer Pablo Honey to Absolution by Muse. That's fine. <laughs> he started cutting himself. I don't know if yeah, you've seen that, Steve. He says it's fine, but that's so <laughs> much blood. <laughs> this will make you want to harm yourself, Adam. I prefer Amnesiac to Kid A. And I think um, it's fair. That's interesting. Just to pause you there for a second. You, after you'd had like two listens to Amnesiac, what I assume was two listens, you messaged me and said, what do you think I think of Amnesiac? Yeah. And I, um, w- w- without spoilers, with, without any spoilers, I, I just said, I think you think it's the same. And I wanna, I, now that we haven't talked about it, I want to say my reasoning for that. Yeah, and I think you're that, spot on. Carry on. Which is that it's it's um, easier to listen to, yeah, but not as coherent and interesting, yeah. as Kid A, Great. and therefore it lands at about the same place. Yeah. So my low lights yeah. are pork pool. <laughs> oh right, um, okay. Adam's just done Steve's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me just check. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very analytical way of looking at it, though. That's a very, like, Lucas rigid way of and looking I, at it. Like, I, um, it has this thing better, but this thing worse. So meet in the middle and it's about the same. Yeah. I mean, I, I, first of all, I think it's fair to compare these albums, right? Like, it's fair to put them as a, as a two halves or whatever. But, yeah, I accept that it's probably not as interesting as Kid A. And I had that kind of struggle, didn't I, on that album, where I'm like, I really respect this, but I don't really enjoy it. Whereas I respect this less, but I enjoy it more. Um, it, it pulls me, it pulls me in much more, and I feel it's a bit of a better time. Um, it is hard to get away from that thing of feeling it might be. It, it just has even without hearing it, you know that these songs didn't make it on Kid A. I don't know. It feels like you can't get away from that thing, right? Though I don't feel like the songs are bad for that reason. Um, it's. Yeah, so like, I'll get to scoring in a bit, but we're all kind of plebs here. We've all got basically the same low lights and highlights. We're all the same person, I think. It's like bottoms, pulk, pull, and hunting bears. Yeah, sure. Which is Adam's low top uh, bottom two, right? Yeah, that's. that's and then my, my top two. two are Pyramid Song and Knives Out, which is Lucas's top two. So we're all yeah, the same good songs, I reckon. Yeah, and we and we all songs. share at least one in each of those things. Like I think the low lights and the highlights are actually pretty obvious on this album. I don't think you would see loads of people saying... Yeah, but I like, chose Tree Fingers on Kid A for my life. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. I think that's, that's a 10 out of 10 song for me. I also struggled between should this be a 7 or 8, and I also asked uh, in my notes, I was going to ask you guys what you think I should score it, uh, which is exactly seven. what Adam did. However... I think you should score it a 2. <laughs> you've asked me. But you've asked him. I, <laughs> you've asked me. <laughs> that's very true. I mean, I haven't yet. I said that that's what my notes said. Oh um, yeah, but true. over the course of talking about this album with you guys, that I think it is fair to call, uh, give it a seven uh, yeah. for the reasons that I think it. Yeah, exactly what I just said. Well, it's exactly what I just said. Respect it less than Kid A, <laughs> but I enjoy it more than Kid A. It's, yeah, it it's a, everything that Adam said. 
It's a respect versus enjoy thing. You didn't enjoy Kid A that much, but you did respect it up to a 7 out of 10. You don't respect this album that much, but you do enjoy it up to a 7 out of 10. Perfect. Yeah, that's fine. That's that's great. Uh, that's how we land on uh, Amnesiac. Interesting. An interesting album, at the very least, because people do assume that Radiohead are just a straight run of hot bangers all the way through, and it's not necessarily the case. But when it was released, where do you think it charted in the UK? One. Top five again. It is number one. It, it went, went straight in at number one. And number two in the US. Two in the US. But the lead well. single got to 106. Yeah. <laughs> well, really, no. Famously. <laughs> I wonder if that's because um, of the reasons you said earlier, Adam, about how saying people were like, oh, well, obviously they just got Kid A out of their system. What's this going to be like? And they went out and went, uh, oh. So they went yeah, and bought maybe. it. Uh, but... th- th- this actually outsold the first week sales of Kid A. Interesting. Uh, in the first week, this was a, a more popular album sales-wise than Kid A. Um, it was released to positive reviews. I think, like we said, Kid A took away a little of the shock of the new electronic sound and people took this more on face value, so they were more immediately positive about it. Those people who initially really disliked Kid A liked this one a little bit more, citing it as a bit more human, more lively. The leftovers criticism was present in some reviews. Um just after the album came out in June 2001, I Might Be Wrong was released as a radio-only single and had two music videos, perhaps to make up for the fact that Kid A had no music videos. And then in August 2001, Knives Out was released as a single. Do you want to guess where that charted? 106. <laughs> okay. Seven. Number 13. Uh, so outside the top 10 for Radiohead there. Amnesiac was nominated for the Mercury Prize, but lost to PJ Harvey's Stories from the City, Stories from the Sea. Amnesiac is also the fourth consecutive Radiohead album to be nominated for Best Alternative Rock Album at the Grammys, which it lost, but it did win Best Packaging for its special edition. Packaging. Um, What a weird award. I know. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, It was named in numerous end-of-year lists as one of the best albums of the year. It's in... 1001 albums to hear before you die it's in rolling stones 500 greatest albums of all time and all of that stuff all of that standard radiohead album stuff um and obviously around this time they also toured but we're going to get into that another time because next week we're going to be watching radiohead's performance for the french tv channel canal plus and then we'll talk about their tour and what happened after amnesiac when we tackle their 2001 live album i might be wrong the week after no, it is, Adam. It is the week after. You, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> was that all music, though, all of that stuff? It was uh, enjoyable, but less respectful music. I don't think it was all music. <laughs> Sorry, you thought the music was slightly disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, I meant respected, <laughs> didn't I? Not right, disrespectful okay. music. <laughs> disrespectful. I actually don't think it was all music. I think, I think there's an argument to say Paul, Paul Revolving Doors isn't music. It's got piano in it. Yeah, is that something? It's, it's mostly, mostly just led about Faffy Bollocks. Faffy Bollocks. Um, before we do go properly, do we have time for a little email from one of our listeners? Oh, go on then. Go on, on then. Right, you've pulled no, my, boy, you've pulled on. my leg. <laughs> oh, God. Hello, gang. I started listening to your podcast because I'm a big fan of Radiohead, but after getting caught up with the newest season, I decided to go back to your Muse season, a band that I really didn't like before listening to that season. 
Before listening to your podcast, my own experiences with Muse was listening to Drones because the artwork impressed me when I was 14 and trying to read along with the lyrics of Absolution after being told it's a concept album about the end of the world. So I'm sure you understand why I was not impressed with them. You guys convinced me to give them another chance, however, and I'm glad I did. Now I blast Origin of Symmetry and Black Holes and Revelations on the regular. It's unfortunate that sometimes a band's worst material will be your first impression of them. With love, from Rocky. That was a really nice email. A, sh- a short and sweet email. Also, how the fuck did Steve's cat write an email? How did the movie starring Sylvester Stallone write an email? Right, well, that email we're was very rocky, that rocky, wasn't it? That that's one of the most, one of the rockiest Rockies things we've emails. had on the on the podcast. <laughs> um, and that brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you very much for listening. Our next episode is out next Monday, and we'll be kicking back and watching Radiohead live on Canal Plus. So come and join us for that. But before you do, come and let us know what you think of Amnesiac. Let us know what you think about what we think of Amnesiac or of anything we've talked about in this episode. Find us on Twitter at WhatIsMusicPod, uh, Instagram at WhatIsMusicPod, TikTok at WhatIsMusic. And if you'd like to send us something a little bit longer, have us read it out on the show like we did with Rocky. You can email us at WhatIsMusicPod at gmail.com. There's also a couple of ways you can support us other than listening if you'd like to. One is to buy our merchandise. If you go to whatismusicpod.redbubble.com, you'll find some stupid designs and one John Major one. And if you'd like to chuck us a few quid because you don't fancy the merchandise, you can go to coffee.com, which is ko-fi.com slash whatismusic. All those donations, they go towards our running costs because it's not free to run the podcast. And the donations are hugely gratefully received. And that about does it. Thank you again for listening. But before you go, please don't, don't leave, leave me, me high. high. Don't leave me. Bye. Bye. Steve did like the Kid A version mm. of <laughs> Auto-Tune. Oh. There's someone listening.